you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, be a deer and check out the new episode of the Dave Damashek football program. Maurice Jones, Drew Handsome, Hank, and I are breaking down the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Bills after all those injuries, and our Game of Thrones recap for you. Check it out, iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. The Around the NFL podcast. Change producers like most people change socks. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Not really true. Uh, Yeah, you change your socks literally every day. I would hope sometimes twice a day, depending on your physical activities. We change producers, you know, whenever our... Arcane system uh, deems that someone has to leave the company. Yeah, I mean, what if Greg were to wear socks from now until what would be <laughs> December 18th? What if Mark Seven months. was uh, was to wear underwear at all? That See, that, <laughs> that would, would make it opposite. really cloudy. It was like <laughs> what, what are you getting at? Why are you discussing that? <laughs> well, famously, you, you don't wear underwear. <laughs> was not famously known on... Have on we, this show, we haven't talked about it on the show before. I, I think yeah, well, now we have. No, we've mentioned it on the show before. <laughs> Not when I've been here. <laughs> really? <laughs> Great. Of course, we haven't mentioned that. Do we? I mean, we can stop down the show and wipe this out if it's you're Southern California. Yeah, it's like yeah, I just okay. do what I need to do. I'm, I've always been fascinated that Mark does a little free balling. Well, to to peel back the curtain, this was revealed on a uh, on a walk. To Don't peel one... back that curtain. No, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just one curtain, and that's all. Uh, we we were on the on a walk to lunch once, and this fact was revealed a year or two ago, and it was a stunning it was a stunning day in the. Iran. I think everybody's like, oh man, it's really humid out, and then Mark's like, I feel great, man. <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. No, Mar- it's not. The Mark Freeballing podcast <laughs> is coming up later this summer, and oh, I God. cannot wait. That's a three-hour job, I think. Commando. Today is a uh, what I like to think will be a tight 49 uh, around the NFL podcast. 
uh, Wednesday edition, sponsored by no one, um, a show that I will give a, a pre-grade of A-. minus. I like that you've raised – You've raised expectations. You've gone from B plus to A minus as your default grade. I enjoy the the off season shows. They're fun and and I think everyone's a little more relaxed right now. Uh, so it's a, it gets a little a little bump, but that means it's harder to live up to, of course. <laughs> right, the boss. I mean that that's one way to look at it. By the way, one more thing about the MVP. I want to see the points. pre-show C minus that you just use it as motivation <laughs> that we try to prove Dan wrong and just have the best show ever. That's a movie. But then I would have to undermine the show just to be right, <laughs> and it would get really ugly. Um, one more point about uh, Wes, Mark, and I winning MVP coins uh, uh, this for the month of April, uh, which was a, a league-designated honor to keep employees loyal and, um, you know, going with the stream, with the current. Bringing this one back up again. Yeah, no, I just want to mention that I heard uh, through the grapevine, and Mark maybe is a two-time MVP, you could let us know if this is true, that we get the coin, the box where you put the coins, and also a gift certificate for, I kid you not, $5. What? To where? For what? We, for what? This isn't good reporting because you're basing this on third-hand information. We don't even no, I'm basing it on... Uh, first-hand information, someone in the newsroom that won an MVP, okay. I said, is it true that you get a $5 coupon or uh, gift card? And he, and I think his words was, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So Can't wait to buy half a beer. Oh. Well, that is an upgrade because when I first won this years ago, back when RG3 was like a top five quarterback in the making, I did not get a certificate at all. I didn't even pick up my coin, and that's for other reasons. Isn't this feel like? Because I was being bullied by various members of the Around the NFL podcast for having been named the MVP. Right, something is a misstep. I well, guess. while while we're on that topic, I wasn't expecting this to come up. I I do regret the, some of the wording I used in, in our podcast last time, failing to mention some of the real MVPs of the Around the <laughs> oh, NFL. Boy. Damage uh, control, Kevin Patra, and, and Connor Orr. When I said eighty percent of the product. At the NFLs produced, you know, by the MVPs. I meant at the around the NFL group, and Patra and Orr are doing yeoman's work. On our, unfortunately, not eligible. They're probably writing ninety percent of our articles right now. On our um, IM client, make sure you beep that out, Brandon, if you can. Uh, a bunch <laughs> of garbage people work there, but um, on our IM client, I saw actual. Hissing from Patra towards oh. the boss to the point where I, I couldn't even look all at in, it. I had to in. scroll away. You know what? That's one of the things I love about Patra is that he's a fiery guy. He is. And I think he's it got heart. shows up in his work. Absolutely. Uh, before we get to the news, uh, we want to welcome a guest into the studio. studio wow, a surprise. Uh, he's going to sit in on the news, which is fitting because he is the face of breaking news on NFL Network. He's also our next uh, next door neighbor of Wes and I directly. I you're going to say next U.S. president. P- uh, potentially. I'm not going to rule it out, actually. <laughs> Too young, legally. Not gonna um, his name is Patrick Claybon. Uh, welcome back to the Around the NFL Hey, it's podcast. great to be here. It's, it's fantastic. Claybo. With, with, like, the full assembly, which is amazing. This The big move here is, and Claybo's got to start taking notes of this, uh, Claybaum okay. got married uh, about, what, six weeks ago now? Uh, oh, God, don't put uh, – <laughs> recent once a, yeah it was recent okay i remember it like it was yesterday he invited all the fantasy guys to the wedding <laughs> and which we didn't take as a shot because we were just getting to know clay bomb but i would think at this point after all the time sitting together and a couple podcast appearances 
that loyalties would be shifting for the old <laughs> clay bowl. In the event that, that we celebrate our, our marriage again, you guys will be there. That means a lot. That's full, gonna, full you don't have or, to just you know, make like second up. marriage. Whatever. I mean, we didn't even get invites to Connor's wedding. I wouldn't expect it to Claybo. It, we would have been invited if we lived in New York. Sure. I mean, just, all right. Greg so must tear open the wound on the Patrick Connor duo <laughs> exactly. before getting into the news. <laughs> what is wrong with you, boss? <laughs> this is bad boss work. But uh, welcome back, Patrick. Let's do some news, all right? Yeah, let's talk news. Hey, mom! The meatloaf! We <laughs> want it now! The meatloaf! Yes, the Irishman's back behind the glass dropping uh, hammers. Pick up the chisels and the hammers. Um, let's start with some news, and we'll start with a former first-round pick gone bad on the throne of ease. Uh, Dominique Easley, um, formerly of the Patriots, he was released under you know sneaky, mysterious circumstances a couple weeks back, has found a new NFL home. The Rams of Los Angeles have signed the third-year defensive tackle to a one-year deal. Uh, NFL media's Rand Gatlin reported uh, easily was released last month. Um, had some moments, of course, in his first couple of years, but also had injury issues and maybe some other issues that were n- we never really heard too much about. But uh, Chris Wessling, you wrote the piece on around the NFL, NFL.com slash news. Uh, if you want to check out our written content, tell us why this is a good move for the Rams. First of all, I'm very disappointed that you n- did not refer to him as thrown of easily. Missed up. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah, the Rams get a guy who barely plays, but when he does play, he's effective. And he might have some attitude issues because the Patriots released him, according to CSN New England's Tom Curran, over philosophical differences with the injury program about showing up, about how he wanted to rehab, and other issues with his attitude. Well, it's crazy he lasted this long out there. It's because he's injured and because of the injury problems. It's a first-round pick that played well in the NFL. You would not have expected him to sit out there. He reminds me a little bit of uh, a player that he's essentially replacing in St. Louis or Los Angeles now, Nick Fairley, who has moved on, who was kind of at this point last year a uh, risky pick, played pretty well for them, You know, got got a nice one year. I mean, that's a deep. Deep defensive line. Good looking defensive well, line. Well, they they can't get out of an offseason without adding four or five defensive linemen. It feels like that's what the Rams do. But there was people there were a few people on Twitter yesterday saying, Oh, had he had he been healthy, that Easley is every bit the player that Aaron Donald is. <laughs> well, how about slow down with that? Because part well, part of it is staying healthy in the NFL. Twitter. Who's <laughs> Twitter's said funny. that I didn't. Well, there that. was there was there, was a, there were some Twitter battles about that. Claybon, by the way, is like the the Twitter gatekeeper, He's commissioner of Twitter, bit of an ombudsman. That's because you guys do actual work. I just sit there and wait, <laughs> and wait for things to happen. Then I go sit in the chair. That is uh, Claybon's job. I don't know if we talked about it the last time you were on, but Claybon sits there and he, he's plugged in on what's going on, of course, in the NFL world. But what he does, it's like the old Batman series from the 60s. 60s. He waits for the red phone to ring from Commissioner Gordon. And he picks up the phone, and they go, I assume, tell me if I'm wrong, it's like, three minutes, talking RG3 Cleveland. And then you go, got it. And then you put your earpiece in, and then you get in front of the camera, which is right near us, uh, for better and for worse. And then you give a live update to the, the country. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's Exactly. That's not an easy That's, job, by the way. It, I mean, the job is just being ready. But Do you write your own stuff, or do you just go up there and freeform? It depends on how much time we have. Most, most of the time I'm winging it, but... Um, if, if we have a, a little heads up, like, you don't, like I you, know that I know that Tom Brady's appeal thing is going to be a thing that's going to be discussed, and it's literally the same thing that we've talked about seven seven different times. Mark so, freeforms in his pants. 
<laughs> well, and, and I again, think sounds what, disgusting. <laughs> not on board with this. You could make an argument for it. A lot of people that have never lived in Southern California might not understand. There is a tremendous argument for it, and I've, I have at least tried both ways, and I know what works better. Everyone else is, I will not veer from what I've been doing since I was a five-year-old boy. <laughs> How about try something new? So you know it what? really has nothing to do with Los Angeles. You were doing it in the wilds of Connecticut. Not true. I don't. Ju- I wish you weren't a liar. I don't judge you at all for what you do with your underpants or lack thereof. <laughs> I just am floored by it because you seem like an underpants guy. I don't know. I don't think I do actually. Define an underpants guy. I know. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure what that pretty is. Like it's pretty much every guy. Yeah, for the superheroes. No, I know what a, un- <laughs> I know what a, like a a guy that doesn't wear underpants is usually. I don't know. He's like a, a, a like a suave like. Italian okay, keep man. going. Swarthy. So I'm not swarthy. suave or swarthy, according to you. No, I don't think like anybody would suave. be suave or swarthy. Uh, Claymont, maybe, but uh, <laughs> definitely not swarthy. He's so. suave. He could be suave. All right, let's move on, Mark. We can. I'm going to put the power in your hands now. <laughs> if it's up different. to you, <laughs> no more underpants references. Listen, I don't like to control people or the show or the flow of the show. Okay. Underpants references. I don't like to control much. Uh, I like it all hanging out there. (laughs) Let's move on to The Undefeated, which is a a new offshoot of ESPN's brand. Um, I guess it's catered toward, I don't know, it's like an African-American sports site. What what is The Undefeated? I'm not sure, but it's it's been called on Deadspin. I know Black Rantland. It's been a site that's been percolating for years, it feels like, and it finally showed up. Uh, this week, and there, and right away, there's a story that has people talking. Jason Reed um, wrote a piece about Robert the Robert Griffin the Third, and um, the piece in general was about I think it was called, what was it called the puzzling plummet of RG3, focusing on his time in Washington. And the one thing that jumped out, a couple things jumped out here. First, Mike Shanahan is uh, very open to talking about uh, how the end of the how RG3 went from the the shining light in Washington to a guy that was kicked out the door uh, after not even playing his final year with the team. Uh, but also one nugget that really has jumped out uh, from something that took place February 5th, 2013. This was um, was this a year after the knee injury or was it months no, after? Well, it was months it was after. a month after the, the playoffs. 2012 yeah. playoffs, Weeks. that's right. Griffin, here's the, here's the exact, uh, I'll read it. Griffin called for a meeting. He declined to tell Mike Shanahan what he wanted to discuss, saying only it was important. Griffin, Mike Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan, and quarterbacks coach Matt LaFleur gathered in the offensive meeting room at team headquarters, and with the coaches seated, Griffin walked to the blackboard and wrote, number one, change things. Number two, change our protections. Number three, unacceptable. Number four, bottom line. Uh, Griffin then instructed the coaches to let him speak interrupted and rolled through a list of grievances, um, you know, citing specific plays. Shanahan got up and walked out of the room. um, And that was what a snapshot, Patrick Claibon, into what was going on in Washington. Wow. Three years ago. Yeah. That's the snapshot of – and first of all, this was my initial exposure to the undefeated which I, I guess I'll call 0-1 at this oh, point. Oh, wow. That's fired. Um, which, no, I'm sure that... Where's the Bunsen blur? Did Bur- you read the whole article? I didn't think it was a bad article. I thought it was, I thought it was dreadful. Okay. Tell us why. why. Um, it's tough for me to get past certain things because, you know, um, 
pretty much anybody in any walk of life uh, can struggle with the idea that something about them is makes them a monolith. Like this person does this. Mark Sessler is from Connecticut, so he doesn't wear underpants. Like that's <laughs> that's it. And so you get to parts in this article where it's like, yeah, African American fans were angry. African American fans were upset. So who is this website supposed to be for? If it's for supposedly me, why am I being told how I felt about something? Mm. That's fair. I I think that's a fair criticism that the the mix of race and in football at times felt awkward to me. It, it seemed like it almost could just be it could be an article in, well, any, in it, any website, and it was just it didn't have a ton that was new. This correct. specific information about that meeting was new in its details, but actually that meeting has been reported before, and a lot of this has been out there in on some level before, whether it's through Shanahan on the record or through people off the record, which a lot of times we believe to be Shanahan. I didn't think it was a bad article. It just there was a lot to it, and I, it wasn't a lot that was new. I thought that the quotes and the research were quite good. It failed on this level. Being someone who's written long forms and Mark's written long articles and you've written long articles, I know how he approached – I can assume how he approached this article. He started with the end of the story. The Browns have a black GM, a black coach, black offensive coordinator, black defensive coordinator. How can I make this about race? I'm now writing for a black website. I'm a black writer. How can I weave RG3's fall and potential redemption into a race story? And I don't see RG, RG3's fall as a race issue at all. Well, the I feel like the – and I, I did read this, and I read all your guys' content, and it's all very good. Uh, a lot of this was pinned on, it seemed like, Griffin's attitude in general. was, But it seemed to me – I think everyone should be in agreement that it wasn't just RG3 the reason why it didn't work out in Washington. Shannon had a place, and Shannon loves talking about RG3. I mean, and it wasn't just a couple of weeks ago where RG3 – uh, Shanahan was in the news kind of being praised for, you know, you know, getting out of the way and trying to help RG3 continue his NFL career. And now here he is kind of helping to throw him under the bus because Shanahan goes on to say in the article uh, that he one of the words that RG3 used in that infamous uh, meeting was unacceptable that he wrote on the board. And that was a Dan Snyderism citing the Redskins owner. Uh, so the fact that that RG3 was kind of in bed with Washington's ownership, and then Shanahan kind of had his own agenda. It seemed like it was a real stew where this thing was doomed from the start, despite how amazing his uh, rookie year was. The, we'll be in the year 2040, and somebody will reanimate Mike Shanahan from cryo-freeze, <laughs> and he'll have some something to say about it. Eventually, at what point are we going to stop caring about what Mike Shanahan has to say? We're getting about, close, I think. We, we should be there, I feel like, and – and if Jason Reed, is, as Chris mentioned, the the race discussions surrounding RG3, any time that you're going to have a black quarterback, there's going to be a race discussion. Well, and some of the from, comments from the other older quarterbacks that Doug Williams is in the building and he literally refused or never talked to Doug Williams, that at least was, was maybe – not that he needs to talk to Doug Williams, but maybe that he wasn't talking to anyone was an interesting look into maybe what goes wrong with a lot of young quarterbacks. Well, from Jason's standpoint, it, it seemed like the mentions of Doug Williams – and Warren Moon came right. from a standpoint of, well, why didn't Robert just talk to the good ones? You know, mm-hmm. it, it just it seemed that way. And this discussion from Jason, having gone back and read his his comments about RG three in the past, I understand that the undefeated is a new property, but we didn't hear about 
a lot of these things before. It was just, you know, RG3 is doing this, that, and the other, and it's bad. And now we get to the undefeated, and RG3 did all these bad things before. Yeah. What's he going to write about when RG3 isn't an option? Well, I I look at it another way. I – I think when I'm thinking about how he came up with coming up to do this, it's like it's his wheelhouse. He was a Redskins beat writer and then eventually a columnist, and he had all this information, and some of it was new. And he has written similar versions of of the selfish RG3 columns before. Uh, And so so he had all this information. And and if you just take some of the details about it, about how they pared down the offense at the end of his rookie year or that – or that meeting between Shanahan and Snyder. To me, I find that interesting. I mean, Shanahan talking about that meeting, I know you've heard it before, but it is it is interesting to hear Snyder and his friends partying on a boat when the head coach of the team is not didn't want to do the trade in the first place, and it's just like the 75th time in Redskins history under Dan Snyder that we have a story like that, and some people enjoy it. Isn't it to some degree Shanahan trying to secure – a legacy that is fleeting at this point because, yeah, for all the RG3 stuff, the the beeline over and over is the owner wanted to do this. I clearly disagreed. Then the RG3 is not talking to Doug Williams, but he's obviously talking to Daniel Snyder, picking up Daniel Snyder terms and bringing them back to meetings with Shanahan, which was so transparent to Shanahan, who, by the way, if you want to look at Shanahan's relationship with most quarterbacks in general, post John Elway, and throw Kyle Shanahan in too, there's plenty of controversy. There's plenty of ego. It's not just RG3. By the way, Dan, Stan- Dan Steinberg of the Washington Post just flat-out eviscerated Mike Shanahan. In this article, I think the most noteworthy thing Shanahan does is try to separate himself from Daniel Schneider's decision to draft Robert Griffin III and then crow about that draft pick during that rookie year. And Shanahan basically says, I advised him not to do it. I washed my hands of the whole thing. Steinberg found at least 10 to 12 quotes directly from 2012 where Shanahan is boasting about how he loved the trade. Part of the thing that I I still find interesting, though, is Gruden and Shanahan's belief that Griffin did not ever develop the skills that they believe is necessary for a starting quarterback and that Reed just watching these offseason practices, like the the Browns believe he can have those skills, essentially, that he's going to develop at some point those skills. Because they basically say after each practice, Gruden said he would have to correct an inordinate amount of mistakes, which all comes back to holding the ball too long and not going through reads and all this stuff. But the Browns have a belief that's not a problem, that they can fix him. Um, good talk, guys. Let's move on to Zach Mettenberger, who, of course, earlier this week, uh, the Tennessee Titans gave up on their former. Ooh, good instant trivia. I should know this. Sixth round pick? Yes. Sixth, Sixth round pick. Decided he couldn't. Uh, what was your term, uh, Wes, or that you read? What was the Black Beauty quote for a oh, scattershot Ma- co- quarterback? Matt Castle couldn't find Black Beauty in a field of white mice. <laughs> uh, that's kind of Zach Mettenberger's problem or his biggest one. So the Titans gave up on him, but the San Diego Chargers decided he was worth a flyer. They claimed Mettenberger off waivers from the Titans. Uh, the team announced on Tuesday. The Bolts had the number two waiver priority behind the Browns. Um, so the San Diego Chargers. Uh, this, I guess, if you want to, and we don't have to spend too much time on Zach Mettenberger, but uh, you don't want to have him in a position where he's battling for a starter job. He goes to a team that has an established starter that's been pretty durable during his career. Uh, this seems like a good place for Zach Mettenberger to try to get a career going, right? Well, yeah, landing with the guy who drafted him and drafted him for a reason. I think that's the best case scenario. 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't do a Zach Mettenberger landing spot, so I don't know why we didn't. <laughs> I'm surprised. But he would have had to – San Diego would have had to have been atop that list because quarterbacks, when they get dumped, usually the number one target is someone fell in love with him at some point, thought they were a project – Ken Ken Wisenhunt's uh, track history with grooming young quarterbacks is at very best dubious. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) And Uh, and he's not going to have to play in San Diego. When was the last time Phillip Rivers missed a game? Never. Has he ever missed a game? Played through a torn ACL. I don't think he's ever missed a game. There were the um, Iron Man, bro. What was it? No. No. Did Whitehurst ever? No, I mean he he was no, there and got yeah. paid a ton of money to do literally. He, yeah, he has started every game since since he became the starter. Wow. So, Mettenberger wasn't on. It's interesting to me. Two other teams claimed him too. The Giants, which makes a lot of sense because their backup situation is dreadful, and the Bengals, which would have been a different and interesting fit them adding just another quarterback to that mix. Let's keep on talking quarterbacks. We move on to Sam Bradford, who did show up at Eagles camp, taking part in their mini camp. Doug Peterson and Bradford both spoke to the media on Tuesday. Let's start with what uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach, had to say, doing everything in his power to try to quell this um, quarterback controversy with Carson Wentz and Chase Daniel. I've actually talked to Sam and, and since he's been back, and I, and I told him, you know, I, my feelings haven't changed. He, he's my guy. He's the number one guy. And uh, um, I just want him to embrace that and, and let's not look forward. Let's, or not look backward, but look forward. Why, guys, why do I always, why do I get the feeling you never want, like, an authority figure to say that, say that? Where, why is this popping up from maybe it's my childhood? Remember, you are my number one. Listen, when Jack Napier uh, or Napier, I don't know, did it to Bob in Batman, the Tim Burton Batman, you knew poor Bob was doomed. I I feel the same way about Sam Bradford. He shouldn't be believing what his coach is saying. He's not his number one guy. I I think it's different when your your coach is a former backup quarterback, though, right? And not like a deranged killer who fell in a bat of (laughs) acid. Yes. Uh, Okay, that's fair. What are Sam Bradford's options? I mean, if, it, whether you believe him or not, he's going to be the guy to start the season, and how how long that lasts depends entirely on how he plays. Well, and they if you're Doug Peterson, they, they gave him a great gift because potentially you have a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz to anchor your new coaching career to. On the flip side, as a first-year NFL coach, he's got a lot of opportunities to stumble over his words as he's trying to describe this three-headed quarterback situation that's complex. I, I get a different feeling from Doug Peterson than I did from Bill O'Brien last year after watching Hard Knocks and hearing him openly tell his team, like, hey, lie to people, and then <laughs> try to be confident about his quarterback. I, I get a completely different feeling from Doug Peterson. I, I think he's being honest. I don't know. I'm yeah. gullible, though. I mean, the whole thing about not looking back, look at, look ahead. Looking ahead is what got Sam Bradford in trouble, in in theory. He was looking well ahead, and he, still, he still was talking about <laughs> it. He still was talking about it in this – in this press conference that I know in my heart, I'm not naive to the fact that Wentz is eventually going to play, but I just, you know, financially and for my career, I realize right now is the best best time to just start. I don't think it's that crazy that Sam Bradford win, helps them win nine, nine or ten games and ends up getting traded for a decent draft pick next year. I mean, you're presuming that he's going to play nine or ten that, games that, at least. That's a fair point. And then there's Michael Bennett, who 
I don't know, because he's Michael Bennett, decided to dip his toe into the Sam Bradford uh, controversy in Philadelphia, uh, probably because Bennett's still smarting that he signed a terrible deal a few years back. Uh, get over it, bro. But this is what Bennett had to say, told 710 ESPN in Seattle on Tuesday um, about his thoughts on Sam Bradford. So I listened to Sam Bradford again, and I just, I just, I just almost threw up. I was like, I can't believe Sam Bradford is complaining about making forty-six, forty million in the next two years, and because he actually has to compete for a position. I'm like, I'm like this guy, man. This guy right here definitely sets a um, a bad tone of what a player should be. And and I mean, if I was a teammate, it'd be hard for me to play with a guy that doesn't want to compete at the high level. That feels like this position should be solidified without even. You know, putting up the stats or the wins to back that back that up. How does anyone have an issue with any I, of that? I agree with him. I agree at this point, but it, it's become a little bit of a pile on with Sam Bradford, and you could also he has it coming. You could also make the point that Michael Bennett uh, shouldn't be seen as the paragon of uh, a clubhouse because he spends his off season bitching and moaning about it. he doesn't have enough money and he deserves more. I mean, everybody's trying to get paid. Everybody's trying to put themselves in the best position in their career. And Sam Bradford is getting roasted for it. And Sam I, Bradford's already been paid. I mean, come on. The guy's made $78 million before this year. Made plenty of money, yeah. To I play, mean, what, mediocre football? Michael Bennett's one of the best players at his position in the NFL. One guy's underpaid severely, and the other guy's severely overpaid. It just it just sounds like sour grapes, though. It's not like Sam Bradford's putting it on Of course it's sour grapes. Head. It's not sour we, grapes. We put it's, our sour grapes on this podcast all the time. It's not sour grapes. It's what a lot of people in the NFL believe, that you should be competing for your position and not afraid to compete. And but a lot it, of the piling on came from reporters and writers and TV people and talking heads. This is how a player telling you, if a quarterback on my team did this, if it was Sam Bradford specifically, this is my reaction. And I was being honest. I mean, if the people in San Francisco feel the same way about Kaepernick, who's trying to spend the entire offseason getting out of town, I get that too. But as as you said, Wes, I mean, he's still got to play well anyway. Right. So, like, what was the, hey, will you guys trade me? No? All right, cool. I'm, I've still got to play football well. Otherwise, I'm not going to be on the team anyway. The, Bradford did not handle the situation well. And Nor did his agent. I've been on record yeah, with Tom, Tom Condon. I think he's been too vocal. But, I don't know, it just seems like Bennett's bitter and should, you know, concentrated on his own situation. The, the weird right. thing that Bennett's hitting on that I think is right is does the sentence from Bradford's press conference where he where they ask him about Peterson's comment that he's the number one guy and Bradford kind of having this at it this answer that I really do appreciate that because that allows me to come back into the locker room and and lead these guys and be and be the leader of the team and I'm kind of and I'm kind of thinking what well, if you want to lead the guys and you want to be the quarterback lead the guys and be the quarterback isn't that i mean i'm not don't try to lead denver's guys <laughs> right not not yeah. so much that it's just like you're going to have to earn that anyways no one's giving sam bradford that regardless that's not going to be earned in may june and july necessarily anyways that's going to be that's going to be earned in august based off something the, a coach when said when the game when the game starts. i don't think you get to stand back and say oh this was all my agent's idea and that's basically what he's done look you went along with your you empowered him to make this decision you could have said no i'm happy here I want to lead these guys. I want to compete. No, you said, I'll I'll trust you to try to put me in Denver. And I think some of what Bennett was saying might have been a critique of the way that the quarterback position is treated in the first place. Right, which yeah. a lot of NFL players probably feel that way. True. 
And finally in the news, uh, one guy that's kind of gotten forgotten in the uh, Jets quarterback room is Bryce Petty, uh, the fourth-round pick of a year ago out of Baylor. Now that Christian Hackenberg's on the scene, you wonder if he'll be the odd, if uh, Petty will be the odd man out if Ryan Fitzpatrick ever rejoins the team. Uh, he did say this week, however, he's made a ton of progress as he learns an NFL quarterback position after playing in a spread offense uh, in Baylor. He had this to say to Daryl Slater of NJ.com at a David Harris charity event. For me, it's a process. Just watching film, I'm seeing things. I played Madden the other day, and it's not just picking run plays anymore. It's like, oh, they've got an under front. Uh, You start picking up things differently. That's exciting for me. That's what's happening in the news. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, all right. By the way, everyone saying, remember we've been saying G- Geno Smith, uh, he'll either be the starter or not on the team. That's not be. I'm starting to think that's not true. Bryce Petty's not going to be on the team. <laughs> well, I think you might be right about that. If I if I had to put a sandwich down, I'd say G- Geno makes it. They're but, both, well. Yeah, Bryce. Well, this is the thing. Like, if you, yeah, if you invest in Christian Hackenberger, you no longer, you can't have two giant project, project guys, right? Or three. You can't. Who's the third? Geno Smith. Oh, he's pretty much full formed as a mediocre quarterback in my mind. Oh, please! Uh, Don't say that in front of Geno Smith's number one cheerleader. I'm not his number one cheerleader. Yes, you are. But you literally just said the words. He is fully formed as a quarterback. He's 25 years old and hasn't played since he was. Maybe by 35, he'll be a good quarterback. Good thing. 45, 55. Good good thing franchise savior Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't fully formed at 25. Right. Exactly. Um, That's by the way, that's a false narrative about Jets fans that they all think that Ryan. Fitzpatrick. Well, you so, think Ryan Fitzpatrick better than he is? I think he is what he has been with Chan Gailey in this offensive core. All right. I don't know. He's like Tom Brady, but better looking. He is better looking than people give him credit for. I will <laughs> better say looking that. than Tom Brady? Step back. No. Well, Brady's not, you know, he's a little synthetic. I'll leave it at that. Ooh. All right, Patrick Claybon, we are going to uh, say goodbye to you now. You need to go give some news updates. Thanks, guys. You Thanks need for to having let me. everyone know. Thanks for coming on. Let's I'm going to be more pragmatic about the, the pants under situation. <laughs> I, In what I, sense? I, I appreciate it's It's given me something to think about. I want you to choose your own path. And then come on here and we'll tell everyone that listens to the show what you've chosen. <laughs> just, just slide that into one of your news updates. Like, <laughs> ask, ask the audience what they think. Um, listen, listen. Have social media help, yes, help you with a poll. Yeah, Twitter poll. Like a poll. <laughs> Y'all have a good one. All right, All right. Patrick Claybon. At Patrick Claybon? That's you. Check him out on Twitter. Follow him. And he will write back to you. I can promise you that. <laughs> There's one thing I know about Claybon. Eight million tweets and counting. All right. Next up, guys, we wanna, I want to talk about something. We uh, talked about Russell Wilson's commencement speech at the University of Wisconsin over the weekend. I think we had a split down the middle. I thought it was a little bit of a human showing by Dangerous. Wes, you were on the other side, if I recall, uh, that maybe it wasn't as authentic as it led on. And then, and then here comes Will Brinson, a, uh, the senior uh, NFL writer for CBS Sports who writes – I mean, I, if I had to guess, it was 50,000, maybe 100,000 words on <laughs> Russell Wilson's commencement speech and why a lot of it was bogus. So Will is a uh, friend of the show and definitely a friend during Super Bowl week and other events whenever we see him. 
uh, usually at the bar. He's going to join us right now and talk about his Russell Wilson think piece. Will Brinson, what's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Um, I hate to, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would just say that having, <laughs> you know, doing some yard work this week, listening to the show where you guys uh, discuss it, I, I, like, I like mowing the grass, listening to some high-octane <laughs> podcasting, and uh, I would say that, yeah, maybe Wes, Wes got a little bump in those old common man rankings. You see through the Russell Wilson charade. Wow, I like that. Well, Will, I, pre- I don't need a bump in my common man rankings, yes, but does. I appreciate the support. He does need it. Uh, so, don't get him, don't get this mixed. I mean, I don't know how much I, I've talked about this probably 150 times in the last few days. So I can't. I, I always forget like who knows what about the Russell Wilson saga involving Tom O'Brien. But basically, it boils down to Russell Wilson wanted to go play. Uh, you know, he wanted to go play baseball professionally. He wanted to play football professionally, and he didn't want to give up baseball in order to be the full-time quarterback at NC State. Tom, this is back in 2011. Tom O'Brien basically gave him – he was in a situation where and Mike Tom, Tom O'Brien is, for those that aren't aware? Uh, the former NC State head coach. See, gotcha. that's, I'm, yeah, I'm like doing a Raleigh radio hit. Everybody knows who <laughs> Tom O'Brien is, right? Um, <laughs> Tom O'Brien does not speak with that country accent that Russell Wilson used. That was also another uh, little exaggeration there. Ooh, saucy. No, yeah, there was Chuck Amato, the coach before him, and he's, he's a high-pitched Italian guy. Tom O'Brien's from, like, Ohio and, and sniffles and has a nasally voice. <laughs> Wasn't even close. So, anyway, Tom O'Brien basically wanted to have Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon was his recruit. He could either have two years of Mike Glennon guaranteed, or Glennon was going to transfer himself, or he could maybe have one year of Russell. The problem was if Russell got hot playing baseball or hurt playing baseball, you know, he might have decided to bail on state, and then Tom O'Brien has no quarterbacks, and he's definitely getting fired. Yeah, now, so you, it was, he was afraid that he was going to end up with nothing instead of two. And just, just for anyone that's not, uh, not aware before Will goes on, the, the crux of Russell Wilson's commencement speech at Wisconsin was that he overcame all these people at uh, his former college, NC State, doubting him. But, Will, you're, that was not the case when you started digging in. Yeah, I mean, my beef, as someone who, you know, an NC State alum, so admittedly biased, uh, is that this is not even, it's not even the case at all. Like, NC State fans love Russell Wilson. They wanted, when, when, when he started making the run to the Super Bowl, NC State fans were clamoring to get a statue up before Wisconsin could do it. Wow. To make, yeah, I mean, they wanted to make sure that, he, you know, he's the guy, and it burns them that he's, that he's considered partially Wisconsin. I think it burns Russell Wilson, but to, to, kick, to kick the whole school in the – the athletic programs, multiple athletic programs under the bus in a commencement speech in order to motivate some, some cheese kernelers out of Wisconsin. Wow. Pretty, pretty offensive to people in North Carolina. Well, Will, how do you feel personally um, oh, it's personal. and emotionally after <laughs> deciding to go full Judas and turn your back on Russell Wilson and really you know, announce yourself as the biggest <laughs> Russell Wilson uh, detractor in the nation? Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, Greg. It feels it, it. I now I know the the shame and the pain that Pete Prisco lives with every day. <laughs> you have to you have to go against Russell Wilson, a a good hearted person who, by all accounts, does really nice things for the community. I'm kidding because I know you're a, still a fan. You're a big fan. Yeah, I, and look, I love Russell Wilson as a quarterback, but fatigue is fatigue has settled in for me in terms of <laughs> Russell Wilson off the field and. I, I hope that he continues to be motivated by his slights, and I hope that he continues to visit children's hospitals. And uh, But I just think that he has a good story anyway. He could have just told 
the absolute 100% truth, and people would have been excited. Well, Brinson, why do you think – I mean, you can't say anything these days without – if it's going to get published, and we knew it would, without it being fact-checked and turned around within 24 hours on Twitter. What, why does he think he can get away with this if there's so many inaccuracies, which there are, according to your report? Yeah, Mark, I think that he is utilizing the old winner's right to history – Mm-hmm. And as, as someone, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, that that is true to a degree. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle watching somebody who who won just kick a program when they're down. I, but I think that's really the logic. I also think that he's because he's this guy who has overcome a lot, and that's true. He really has that he literally had to delude himself into believing certain things, and that he's probably deluded himself into believing that along with nanobubbles curing concussions. That he can also, he was also booted from NC State by, by everyone in Raleigh and that he's only welcome in Wisconsin. I, I will also say this about the Russell Wilson stuff. The, Russell Wilson might very well just be a rich man's Tim Tebow. And I don't mean that from a football perspective. I mean that from these, these rabid Wilsonites on Twitter. Oh, you must are, be getting buried. Just block all the 12s on Twitter. I've already blocked them. My life has improved immeasurably. The, these guys are crazy i mean this is like i some of the stuff you see i mean like i usually my mentions are fairly tame from a perspective of i'm not getting flamed too much but i mean these guys aren't even like seahawks fans they're just they're just rabid russellites who who refuse to back down from anything and 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 they're just they're they're just just, i got i got this one guy angry angry white qbs have you guys seen this he's like he's (laughs) accusing me of being a racist because he says i didn't include any sources in my in my story and i was like dude the entire story is literally sourced material where i linked and block quoted and then he accused me of not talking to you when i was like linking to my stories from 2014 it's i just these people all deserve to be blocked and and sent to some (laughs) island that is run by someone who believes nanobubbles are real well (laughs) All of this makes sense, and I like the way you frame the entire discussion. But let me ask you, from this point of view, this is not Walter Cronkite reporting on Vietnam. This is a quarterback at a commencement address trying to inspire young kids. Does it even matter if he bends the truth a little bit? Poetic license. How about that, Will? No, yeah, yeah. From that perspective, this is not um, – this is, this is May, and this is the NFL. I mean, I will say that I took much greater pleasure in writing that story and – and kind of, you know, bringing bringing Russell down like a a little a, a little peg uh, than I did <laughs> writing three straight days worth of Zach Mettenberger stories. Um, so, I mean, from that perspective, it's May, it's the NFL. You know, he, should he be able to take a little poetic license and say some things? Sure, but at the same time, I mean, like like he like he won. Tom O'Brien's been fired and buried by this fan base. Like he got he got he got run out of town. He looks like an idiot. Everybody assumes that he picked Mike Glennon over Russell Wilson. You know he didn't win any more games than he would have if Russell had stuck around. Um, you know Russell went on and went to a Rose Bowl while NC State was at the you know the 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 Cheetos Bahamas Bowl uh, <laughs> in in St. Petersburg and 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 so Russell won. He got a Super Bowl out of it. Let let the let the past you know let the past lie. Take the high road, Russell. That's that's supposed to be his move. It's just disappointing to see him take these unnecessary digs. And before we let you go, because we know you've really you've raised the Will Brinson brand immeasurably with this <laughs> uh, with this think piece column. I, I I'm sure you have many other hits to do today, but I do want to. I'm curious if either the Seahawks 
or a member of Russell Wilson's entourage. And he literally, there is a, I think it's an SI story from a couple of years ago. Uh, where he has his own entourage. He has like a turtle in there. He has a guy that sells shoes. Uh, has anyone reached out to you from the Wilson camp or from the Seahawks uh, with glorious vengeance and anger? No, um, they haven't. I assume that when Russell gives the 2035 commencement speech at NC State, he'll, he'll make a point. To, <laughs> it's to so personal. I love it. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I heard Bomani Jones, who you know is from this area as well, point out that maybe Russell should drop pack from whole pack of Badgers at this point, given what he's done. Um, No, nobody. I've not heard from the Seahawks. I I would imagine that um, the Seahawks didn't like the article, and that at some point I will um, perhaps see a a shadowy Seahawks figure, and that they'll they'll sidle up to me at a league event and, and mention that. Maybe I should maybe I should talk to Russell, but I I, I kind of feel like I've got the facts here. I mean I you know I didn't write a hit piece on Russell. I just laid out the you know laid out the quotes and the facts and, and let the world decide for itself. Well, I hope you don't mind us selling this podcast with the quote Wilson is the next Tebow or or some whatever that quote. Was. That's <laughs> I actually quote uh, no, slash no, you, at Will Will Rich Man's Tebow. I, uh, I we got to raise I, our profile too. I used I used that line um, earlier. I was I was just in casual conversation with somebody. And I was like, I bet that, that that was like that's a pretty that's a pretty good quote that could be spun around. Maybe you could you know you could turn it into a you can you can write a piece if you want to. We're great. Yeah, we'll write a hit piece on Brinson. Um, <laughs> Anytime, guys. Will Brinson, the senior NFL writer at CBS Sports, also a friend of the show. We hope to sidle up next to you at the next league event because you can hang, brother. Always good. Uh, always good to talk, guys. Take it easy. All right, right. thanks, Later, Will. Will. At Will Brinson, that's where you can uh, get all your uh, Brinson heat. Um, we love Will, and that was uh, I was a fun little um, uh, story because not only was it did Will do a nice job with the research on it, it does ma- it makes a lot more sense now knowing I, di- I didn't realize that Will went to NC State, uh, why he decided to do this. Oh, yeah. uh, but now he did a nice job researching it and. And he did call out Russell Wilson. It's not the end of the world that Russell Wilson took some poetic license with this. Five hundred uh, at bats. It was seventy three. But on. he absolutely did, and it does. But it does hit against that narrative again that Russell Wilson struggles to be authentic and real. It hit home for me the way he framed the story as, um, you know, I tired of writing about Zach Mettenberg. He wrote this piece because it interested in him, and that's our jobs too. Whatever interests us and gives us the passion to write 2,000 words on a subject, that's why it's interesting. He did a really good job yeah. because he was passionate about the subject. Um, all right, that is it for um, Wednesday's, Wednesday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back uh, tomorrow with yet another show. The train keeps rolling. Very impressive uh, work by the team today. Uh, until then, This is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, and The Irishman Behind the Glass. Till Thursday. she's doing back there Ma, the meatloaf! you go into your shower feeling tired 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourists and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.